Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve, and my wonderful co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Uh, please refer to me as Sensei in honor of Cobra Kai's release on the 1st. How come you get to be Sensei? I can't uh, be Sensei. I call dibs. Oh, you call? Oh, okay. That's how we're doing? Okay. So Sensei Kyle... <laughs> um, Um, This week, we are going to be reviewing 2020. We actually didn't announce this last week. That was our bad, because but we were actually so caught up in the moment of having such a great show last week. At the end, I realized we never announced the next show. Um, But I'd say that's a a good thing, though, Kyle, wouldn't you say? I did, and hopefully... uh... And me wishing small and mean Selena Dean happy 26th birthday over the weekend. So I I do hope she had a small and mean birthday. And that's exactly what I said. Yep, you say you said what you said. Um, anyway, if anyone would like to call in uh, during this broadcast, and I just want to give our contact number real quick before we jump into it. If you want to call in, just dial three one nine five two seven. Six zero eight nine. You can always email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. We have a YouTube channel, which right now you see it, uh, I look YouTube channel or youtube.com slash channel slash and then a whole bunch of random characters. Uh, and so I'm going to have to see if I can actually get that changed to something a little bit more discernible, a little bit more easier to read. Hopefully it'll just be Armchair Booking Podcast, the same as the Gmail address it's associated with. But you can listen to us, find us, uh, including this show and our archive shows at Our Heart Radio, or you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Just do a search for Armchair Booking. Go and listen to us. Give, a, give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. Let us know our good. Let us know our bad. We need to know that as well. And have I forgotten anything about our contact info, Kyle? No, contact-wise, I think you covered everything. All right, cool. And before we we continue on, uh, in fact, actually, Kyle, I, I think I know you're actually you sound like you you're wanting to make uh, the next you know, kind of a shout out and kind of a a contact kind of thing in a way about mean small and mean Selena Dean, who she called in last week, made our show that much better. And she gave us an update on her mom, um, and it sounds like her mom actually is uh, doing well. Uh, she still has a couple more chemo treatments to go because she's battling breast cancer, and so she actually had some good news for us, which we uh, we liked hearing that. But you can always still go to her GoFundMe, and GoFundMe.com slash S slash the best mom, mom fund FU cancer, or just do a search for Donna's Chemo Fund. Or if you still can't find it, just hit me or Kyle up, and we will give you the link uh, straight on. So, and, and don't forget to shout out our buddy up in Canada, Jordan Garber. Yep, give a shout out to Jordan Garber. I actually sent him a message this week asking him how he's doing because I know that his schedule just changed, and he hasn't responded yet, but uh, I know the man's busy. So uh, it happens. I, I get busy sometimes, and it may take me a little bit to respond to people. And – you know, but we uh, obviously we wish Jordan 
all the best because he helped us out and he's actually kind of put us on the map a little bit more. You know, so give a shout out to Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. We appreciate it. So, and is there anything else, Kyle? No, I'm pretty sure outside of what we're going to talk about today, I think you've covered everything. We've shouted out everyone except for Marty Gennetti. I hope he does get the help. <laughs> me. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't want to go into details because uh, it's not family friendly. But like I posted on my Facebook, or actually I posted on the, uh, not my Facebook, I, I posted it on the Armchair Booking Facebook and on uh, the Armchair Booking Twitter. Yeah, it's been about a minute since he said something stupid, so it's good to see that he appears to be with us still. So Marty Gennetti did not make the 2020 death list. He's still alive and kicking. Apparently, so is Tanya Roberts. You know, we were just talking about it at dinner um, because as we were literally as we were talking about it, uh, I got the news alert on my phone. It popped in, and Avery just happened. You know, my daughter just happened to be looking down at my phone when it came in. And it said that, oh, she's actually not dead. All sorts of uh, odd news coming out today. Uh, it's about to get real heated politically here on my side of the country uh, here in two days. And we get the opportunity to talk about wrestling. And, uh, you know, ever since the election, I've actually been staying away from news uh, just because – Everybody's been getting stupid on both sides, and that's not an indictment of who I voted for or who I was wanting to win or anything like that. It's just it, it's everything's coming to a boiling point, and right now I am stepping away. I have not even been listening to any other podcasts except for well, wrestling podcasts and a couple of like a couple other podcasts that have stories like about like Ted Kaczynski. That one was actually pretty interesting. Not gonna lie, but. Kyle, you are – you live, what, a few hours away from D.C., right? No, I am an hour away. Only an hour? I will pass on my way to work, uh, but I will be dropping in to avoid potential conflict uh, the next couple of days while people come in and – stay longer than they probably should for things they can't change. I, you know, all politicians suck. And I, I, all right. Somebody's actually asking about the podcast because, um, another news, I forgot to mention this, Kyle. I actually had a couple of t-shirts made just to kind of try them on. These are, uh, kind of samples to see how they look. And Kyle, I have to get your size. Um, and well, I posted the the picture of that, and actually somebody just told us, "Hey, we're going to get your podcast. They'd love to be a guest sometimes." And he said he's thought about doing it himself. All right. So, mm-hmm. go ahead. We are. Uh, initially going to discuss the 2020 year in wrestling. So what is your opinion on the state of wrestling for the Well, 
AEW looks to be uh, doing well. WWE is kind of going in the opposite direction. I don't think that they're handling the COVID situation uh, as well. I mean, at first they were, but now they are ten- they're still booking things and they're still creating things almost like they were doing beforehand when they were doing it for a live audience. Well, the problem is your audience isn't live. I don't care if they do have the Thunderdome. I've been part of the Thunderdome. I mean, I, and my personal opinion is it's kind of underwhelming. And, you know, not being mean, but it just, it is. <laughs> you know, it's underwhelming. Because unless, you know, you just happen to get in there at the perfect time, you're not going to see yourself on TV. What you're watching on your computer or your phone is the exact same thing you're seeing on a TV screen. So, okay, well, where's the fun in that? And even uh, like the last time I did it, I mean, I had an 8 o'clock showtime, still couldn't get in. I'm like, well, how does that work? You know, are you – is it like an airline booking thing where you're actually selling more seats than what you have available? It, it – so that was not that great, but I think part of it, if COVID hadn't have hit, you know, if the pandemic hadn't hit and kind of shut everything down, um, it's hard to say because WrestleMania was set to be a solid show. It actually still had a couple of solid matches, not all of them. Um, in fact, I think the last live pay-per-view they had was the Rumble, wasn't it? Uh, elimination chamber was eliminated. Oh, that's right. Because, uh, the women's elimination chamber, that was, oh my God, dude, I'm serious. I'm going to see now. Um, February. Well, I'm saying who, who was the woman that won it? Because it was basically like they, they, they came in, she beat them, you know, that she squashed them. They came in, she squashed them. They came in, she squashed them. Um, Uh, Shayna Baszler. Yes. And I mean, they booked her to be tough, so I mean, I get that, and which is fine. But yeah, that was um, that was the last. Yeah, that was the last one. And so, go ahead. As we discuss the state of wrestling, twenty twenty has only been an indictment, a continued indictment of everything WWE does wrong with wrestling even if covid hit they would have low ratings and even if covid didn't hit they would have poor attendance at house shows and be minimizing that end of the business because there's no part of their product that is hip or cool and we've discussed this all last year and it's funny saying that now (laughs) but AEW is the the hot product. NXT is the next hot product of the main event roster. SmackDown will be number three. Raw is number four. You can argue that Impact Wrestling is putting out a better show than Raw is, uh, having watched their highlights during our podcast last week. ROH is not putting out a terrible television product. 
And NWA, the power hour, before COVID stopped that, that was a better show than what WWE has put out. So wrestling-wise, if you're a professional wrestler or in the industry, there are more opportunities today than there might have been since the territory days in the late 80s. What do you think? Oh, it's, it's definitely turning into that. I agree. Because, and I, I think a good bit of that was because Cody Rhodes, and this is my opinion, you know, and, and like I've pointed out to people before, we are, we are merely fans. We are not actually involved with the wrestling business. But my opinion, Cody Rhodes did not like how he was being treated and how his character was being treated in the WWE. He didn't like how Triple H was running things and kind of left Cody kind of drowning in the mid-card. You know, he was in the mid-card and sliding down. So he left. And then he went to Ring of Honor and kind of reestablished himself. Then he hooked in with Tony Khan and all the powers that be who founded AEW. And he's what the executive vice president. One of many, one of many, but either way, I mean, he's still the executive, executive vice president. I'm going to guess he has a big hand in the booking and he's really just, he went from, drowning in the mid-card to now all of a sudden he is one of the most powerful people in wrestling. But when he did, he gave a lot of people in the WWE somewhere to go. Because, you know, and then he scored a big old coup when he got Jericho to sign. And then that first pay-per-view when Bret Hart showed up, and this was merely days after the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony where Bret went in for the second time along with Jim Neidhart as the Hart Foundation. But now Bret Hart showed up. And he's got some other ones. Uh, Burley Lee, may rest in peace. He was another big coup when the WWE released him and Eric Rowan due to what they were saying was the COVID massacre, basically, because they said they couldn't afford to pay him off, so they were they were cutting him loose. And well, this gives them somewhere else to go. And then also having Ring of Honor, and then also having Impact. Because Impact, you know, was uh, to me, Impact was almost on the verge of collapsing until recently, and now all of a sudden they're on an upswing again. The there are wrestling options company wise that you have big players now that are paying decent money, uh, New Japan. Of being another one I didn't mention before, but storyline-wise, product-wise, AEW is kind of doing it the best in 2020. They've also adjusted the best to, I guess, television limitations or promoting a product during a pandemic. They do have a mix of heels and faces as or had it throughout the summer as the crowd. And now they are having socially distanced fan attendance in the arena that they're doing. And it it does it does promote or give a different show. 
Well, it gives and, options. It gives options. I mean, plain and simple. And I'll be pretty honest. The Thunderdome is the amount of faces on the screen is distracting to me. It takes away from the match in the ring. But, I mean, you watch the first match. It's the same as the second match, the third match, the tag match, the women's match, and then the main event. And I don't even have to turn on Raw here at 8 o'clock to know that Raw is going to open with a 20-minute promo that I'm not going to want to watch or listen to. Nope. That's all right. I already have it turned on. Well, I have, I have uh, the TV turned on. How about that? They will troll out all the uh, legends that they have poorly announced for segments. And, hey, look, it's Mickey James, who we just stopped as an active wrestler. You can't tell me that Mickey James is not a better wrestler than Nia Jax. Oh, she is. Absolutely. Mickey James should be on television. Nia Jax should be not on television. Nia Jax needs to go back to training, and I'm saying that as someone who a few years ago, and I'll be the first one to admit it, I actually uh, tweeted out, and this is on my personal Twitter because the podcast wasn't even a thing yet. Uh, my personal Twitter was, I said, Nia Jax is, I, I even did at Nia Jax appears to be the future of women's wrestling. She actually gave it a like and retweeted it, which is actually, I'm not going to lie, it's actually kind of a cool thing when somebody who's a, you know, somewhat, somewhat of a celebrity retweets you. doesn't beat Corey Feldman retweeting my, what my daughter tweeted, but, but – and now all we're hearing is she's unsafe. She keeps hurting people, and that's not a good thing when you're in rest, when you're in something – where you're supposed to be not hurting each other. You're supposed to make it look like you're really just devastating each other, but not actually doing it. You know, you have to, she's not taking care of people in the ring. And there's, there's just 2020 has really exacerbated everything that's currently wrong with the, today's product. And you associate wrestling and you first everyone while WWE, WWF. Well, they're, they're the worst. They, very vanilla, underdeveloped characters. Same match, every match. And I, I would say AEW, New Japan, if you... And they stopped playing on Access TV or um, the HDNet here in America that would highlight their matches in Japan. So unless you have the new Japan app, which I do not, you can't really keep up with what's going on over there with the Bullet Club and Okada and Tanahashi and all those wrestlers, Kota Ibushi, out in, out in Japan. So YouTube highlights if you catch anything. So American wise, the AEW is the best of a less than inspiring year, but you see the potential. And I hate to say they capitalized on a poor moment, 
the tribute show to Brody Lee last Wednesday. Uh, nearly perfect. Oh, I agree. Uh, that was uh, something just that was amazing. And I, I mean, and of course, the problem is for me there was there were some ninjas running around my house cutting onions when that was happening. You know, um, but that I even put it on my Facebook that I hope I've affected as many people as positively as what John Huber has in his uh, personal and professional life, because you can tell that they absolutely love that man. Oh, without question. But that that's being a genuine he was a genuine human being, a family man, and, and he didn't, honestly, from all the tributes other than the Bruce Mitchell, who was the dirtbag from the PW Torch, yeah, you, you didn't hear anything negative come out about him in his wrestling lifetime, and... I know what we've experienced in, in the military. There, there, there were a lot of hidden stories that could come out that we know about different people that we worked with that shiny lives when it came to the command structure, but were less than desirable human beings away from their nose in management butt cheeks. Yes. In fact, and this is kind Without of a subject, <laughs> but uh, I know exactly what you're saying because some one of the military kind of I guess bulletin boards that I'm on. Uh, oh, actually, this is just for uh, the Air Force. It's you know USA Air Force retired. I said, when did you know it was time to go? And I was like, when? When I had a supervisor who was falsely accusing me of things uh, quite a bit. He was just making up stuff and accusing me of it. He was taking credit for my work, or even that, or giving credit to other people for my work. And he even mentions, yeah, it's nothing like sitting there at a medal ceremony where somebody is, is, was leaving. They're getting a meritorious service medal, and I'm listening to these accomplishments they did to get this medal. I'm like, he didn't do that. That was me. And I, the things like that. And anyway, go ahead. I had a similar moment. I was in a, in a period where I was, I was working hard, putting in extra time, about to be a new dad, and I was doing projects that I knew needed to be done, and I was nominated for Airman of the Quarter, but they, I was the day shift nominee, and someone from the swing shift got nominated uh, from a different group. They used some of the stuff I did and told me I didn't win because they didn't want to have someone of my color win the award with the new commander in place. And I tapped out after that. I was done. And unfortunately, things like that shouldn't matter, but people bring in, you know, something like that honestly should never, ever matter. And you and I both know that, and because you and I both, I, I mean, I know some people hate this term. You and I both are colorblind. You know what? Um, 
But before we, you know, stray too far into politics, because we have a, a no politics rule, I've seen things so, like that happen, and unfortunately, it affects other people negatively. Over, overall, as we go back to wrestling, who is your 2020 Wrestler of the Year? My 2020 mm-hmm. Wrestler of the Year. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Hmm. Well, you, know, you kind of put me on the spot. I should have been thinking about this all day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um. Oh. Well, see, Orange Cassidy is definitely up there. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of they have a mixed opinion on him. Um, oh my God! Um, uh, of course, Cody and Cody Rhodes—he's definitely in that. Um, and let me see. I know I got a. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, you know, I'm thinking John Moxley or Drew McIntyre. So my my wrestler of the year overall is John Moxley. Over I over McIntyre. Over McIntyre. Uh, John Moxley has carried he carried AEW, gave legitimacy to the championship belt, the heavyweight title. Uh, the two pay per view matches that I have watched. Um, this year were AEW Revolution where Moxley beat Jericho and the one in September wait yeah September 5th which was uh, their next pay-per-view all out where he beat MJF the variety of wrestlers Eddie Kingston Lance Archer He's wrestled a couple of lower tier wrestlers, is how I will put it. F. Mm. Uh, Darby Allen, Brian Cage, Brody Lee uh, at the Double or Nothing pay per view, Kazarian, uh, Jake Hager, Jeff Cobb, Santana, Ortiz, just the variety of wrestlers. The violence or the the realism in the match, the matches, and completely different than his WWE character or what he was allowed to portray um, is Dean Ambrose. I, I think re- wrestling-wise, he beats out Drew McIntyre. And who's also had a great year, uh, arguably one of the best moments of the year for Drew McIntyre, but and Roman Reigns, who since coming back from his COVID absence for his personal health, his tribal chief character has really carried SmackDown for the last four months. I'll tell you what, if there was ever somebody like that character that was just meant to be a heel. That one's it because the people were Vince was trying to push him across the face before the people wanted to boo him only because he was being pushed too hard. Now 
he's actually given them a reason to not like him because I mean he's well, basically he's a butthole. <laughs> Keeping it family friendly. Yeah. I mean, but he's a butthole. Yeah. Changing, changing that, who is your woman's wrestler of the year? I like Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, but I, well, I like her her character because she has kind of nasty. I like that. But speaking of nasty... I'm also kind of partial to Lacey Evans. I think Lacey Evans has come a long way. Um, Ostica is another one who has really just been setting it on fire. I'm not big, even though Bailey was the world, the women's world champion for SmackDown for most of, you know, like the past year and a half, I'm still not sold on her being the champion. And that's, I don't know what it is because she's not bad. I mean, she's actually pretty good, but um, uh, Johnny, you might as well call in. I got some. Hey, Kyle, I got somebody who. Um, if I keep pausing this because I got somebody commenting on something on Facebook, <laughs> he's he's commenting. And Johnny, now, you might as well call in, dude. <laughs> overall, for women's wrestler of the year, this is an area where AEW is tremendously lacking. Their women's champion. It's just a a weaker division than the men, probably because of travel restrictions and injuries for them. So I don't. I, I do like Britt Baker, not for Wrestler of the Year. And my, I I kind of like uh, Deanna Perazzo from Impact Wrestling, who's been champion for the majority of the last year in impact who does have a, a deeper and more diverse women's wrestling roster with Taya and a few others, but wrestler of the year on the women's side, you can argue Rhea Ripley who is NXT champion, bringing out some matches and has a uh, pretty good character Io Shirai and Asuka, but got to be between Bailey and Sasha Banks. I, I Sasha does, doesn't do it for me. I'm not saying she's a bad wrestler, you know, because she's actually a really good wrestler, but uh, maybe it's because she's always been kind of underwhelming. Maybe because she's kind of underachieved in the past. She'll win a title, and then this is the first time she's ever actually won a title and then defended it successfully. And so it, it, it just oh, doesn't, oh, just doesn't oh, do it for me. Despite personal preference, Lacey Evans is not a champion. Hey, Kyle, we have a caller. Welcome hey, caller. Please All join right. with your opinion on women's wrestler of the year. All right, area code seven uh, zero, which I do believe is Hopkinsville. Uh, state your name, where you're calling from, and please keep it clean. We're actually family friendly. Steve, it's me, Johnny V. I'm gonna try my best to keep it family friendly. <laughs> All right, Johnny uh, V. How yeah, you been, man? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Glad to have you, glad to have you on here, man. Yeah, this this is pretty cool. Um, I've just gotten into listen to a bunch of podcasts and stuff at work because 
Uh, you're not supposed to have earbuds in. And if I listen to music, it's kind of a dead giveaway. Uh, <laughs> so, women's wrestler of the year. I'm, I'm, I kind of disagree with you about Lacey Evans. I, I love her. I think she's probably uh, one of the best characters they've got. I don't think they're using her right. I, I don't think they've ever used her right since she come up from NXT. Oscar, uh, do I understand anything she says? No, but she's still got some <laughs> nope. of the best mic work. <laughs> I mean, just uh, just some of her energy, just some about it. Um, Britt Baker, I do agree with you there. She's she's pretty phenomenal. Uh, never really got sold on the Bailey heel thing. But women wrestler of the year. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a tough one because Charlotte was out for a good chunk of the year. I, I could probably. I'm, I'm. I'm not a Charlotte fan. Some about her. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's because I don't know even know how she gets how she can even hold a belt up. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, she's she's talented. I'll give her that. But. Um. Maybe it's because of the flair thing. Uh, never been able to really stand apart from her dad. That could have something to do with it, but I've just never, I don't get it. There's nothing about her that excites me. Becky Lynch was, I, if she hadn't gotten pregnant, I think she could have very easily been in this conversation. Ever since she did her man thing, that was, uh, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like what uh, what you guys were talking about with Roman Reigns. You know, when she was a when she was a face, yeah, she was okay. But when she come out as a a tweener, um, as that just man. that just blew the roof off of things for. Her. I I gotta say, Oscar. See, I, I I can agree with Oscar more than Britt Baker or Lacey Evans because they have not been booked. And that's and that's true. Well, it would, well with Lacey not being on TV a whole lot, and Britt, you know, most of her program was spent in a wheelchair this year or last year. Um, but still entertaining, Britt Baker. Very developed. Oh, she was. She was. Yeah, she was awesome. She she reminded me of. uh, This is going to sound weird, but she she reminds she she gives me a million dollar man feel. You know, a perfect addition to her character would be doing something with their teeth after she wins the match. Yeah. Well, she can but immediately just that, I mean, she's actually she's a legitimate dentist. <laughs> but uh, imagine like pouring mouthwash down their mouth or flossing, something ridiculous. <laughs> flossing, <laughs> break out the drill. <laughs> <laughs> or well, I mean, it well, so- they, you know, we, we've got those. Uh, um, I forget what the brand is, the, the electric rotating toothbrushes or whatever they're called. We've all got those. You can start carrying oh, one of those. Oh, the Yeah, the yeah. 
Or the water, yeah, the water jets. That's what it is. Right. Yep. One of those two. I got one of those two. I what? what uh, not your, water jet. Water. I, water pick. Yeah. If you have a kid and they go to the dentist, what do they get? They get like a new toothbrush and toothpaste. <laughs> Here, like a little kid pack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little little Barney toothpaste. <laughs> hey, it, oh, something ridiculous, and it, it would be an an addition for her. Um, I do like Oscar as a choice. Sheena Baser, I, I'm. I think she's been poorly booked up the roster as well. I, I agree with you there too. I think she's extremely talented, but uh, it's Vince, man. I think yeah, she's like how over she was in uh, in NXT, and just like everybody else comes up from NXT, Vince gets a hold of them and just. But, is it her her age? Because she's she's forty. Is her advanced age harming her on the main roster? Mm. I would. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think just. Um, she does. She doesn't have that. She she's still not solid on her mic work, and you know pe- people can say all they want about how athletic somebody is. Uh, if you can't talk on the mic, very rare do you see somebody like that succeed. Unless they sticking with somebody. Look at okay, perfect example. I just flipped it over to Raw. Uh, you've got John Morrison. You got the Miz. Yep. John Morrison couldn't I'm make it fly say. by himself. But you put him with put him no, back with the Miz. Miz is a master mouthpiece. Although I, yeah. I will admit, I actually like John Morrison's. Uh, I actually do like his entrance music, though. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. anyway. But that goes but yeah, to that, a different issue. And, and I'll ask, who's the manager of the year then? There's only one. Well, no, I can see there's only one. <laughs> Arn. <laughs> Arn. Arn or Jake? I, I, well, I, I, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Jake Roberts. But Arn, Jake, and well, Paul Heyman, even though they're not calling him a, man, a manager, they're calling him the advocate. Yeah, but no, yeah. he's a manager. He's a mouthpiece because Paul Heyman is one of the best promos ever. Yeah, he is. And he is. He is phenomenal on the mic. Yeah, but and as far Roman as, Reigns. Um, mm. Yeah, suffering succotash, kid. Yeah, exactly. He, the man, actually got up there and said, "Suffering succotash." I don't care if it was written for him. I would have said, "No, I, I am not saying this." I'm not Sylvester the Cat. I'm not talking about suffering succotash. Anyway. All right. So, so yeah, I called in for Woman of the the Year, but I've got to get to bed. I've been off for two weeks. Yeah, I know you've been off off work a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, 2020 was a – I gained a lot of weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I, I, think I um, added it up. I, I worked. I think I only worked thirty weeks last year, 
everything else is furlough or PTO. Uh, well, you're getting back Hopefully. into playing your guitar, right? Do what? You're getting back into playing your guitar, right? Hopefully, you can do yeah, that is. Yeah, that's that's something I'm wanting to do. Uh, I don't know about doing any acoustic shows. I, just because the places I play, they're not uh, they're not open for full service yet. But one of the things I've been want, I've been talking about doing, me and my son, he's uh he's got a lot more experience at it than I do. But I was thinking about doing like a YouTube channel, and I'm sure you guys. Uh, I think I heard one of you guys mention that Access Channel earlier. You know, they have that show live at Daryl's. Where they have Daryl yeah. Hall, and he has guests come in, and they talk shop. So you family now, friendly. Has, uh, uh, and, and play some. And so I've I've played with a lot of people around here that um, I think I could probably try and do the same thing. And my challenge that'd kinda, is... That'd be cool. My challenge is I have zero experience doing any kind of uh, – I mean, I've posted videos of myself on Facebook, you know, just recording with my phone. But what I want to do is if I do this, I want it to visually look at least semi-professional. And I've got people telling me, oh, you can use – you know, you can run into this mixer and you can add chords to this. And I, I don't want to mess with the sound. I want what what's played out, what we're playing to be heard. I don't want to – I mean, I might add reverb and EQ it, but as far as adding effects, you know, I'm not Nickelback. Um, Are you talking you you and your son at the same time? No, he's actually going to be the one. Do what? I was going to say, you said he's going to be the one. Is he going to be the one filming it or mixing it or? Yeah, he's going to be the one getting me getting all the the hard stuff set up. And then editing the. Okay. I'm probably not going to do a live thing. I'll, uh, he's he's got experience doing it. They just his band just shot a video. Uh, it come out last. I think it come out on the tenth. So yeah, shameless right, plug. I'm Look go up check the that band out, of then. serpents. Their song Black Zodiac. Uh, All right. Because I know you, it, you know he, he, had, really he has an job. article. You know he has an article on the metal encyclopedia, right? I meant to tell you that before though about it. Hunter yeah. does. I believe. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, let me. Yeah. Um, well, he's got. Because I was just. I, well, I I can't give away I can't give away all of the secrets, but he's got some solo projects under different names, and I think he wants so to I, keep. I saw that too. <laughs> I saw okay. That too. Now, Steve, you need to tell him about. Uh, does he know your two-time European air guitar world champion? Uh, I think I may have told John. No, it was not European. It was in Japan where I won an air guitar contest. Two times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true story. Up, up on a stage in at Misawa Air Base, Japan. Very, very drunk. Uh, <laughs> and I won with a guitar that had no strap, no strings, no pickups. I had to hold it like with an elbow up against my body, and I was, you know, air guitar and inner Sandman. That was back in 1995. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and then the next time they, they came, the, the same band came to town, they did another air guitar ca- air guitar contest, the next guy won a guitar. I'm like, really? Wow. You know, I, yeah. So, anyway, cool. yeah, Johnny, sorry, man, I know you 
I know you said you had to get to bed, so it don't mean to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we definitely dip, dip, appreciate you calling. Now, normally we are we're on Mondays. Normally we start at eight thirty. Uh, today it was like a last minute. Uh, I mean, literally like ten minutes before we um, started. You know, we decided we'll go on seven thirty instead. But normally on Mondays at eight thirty. Okay, then y'all are Eastern then. Yeah, yeah, Eastern. Yeah, sorry about that. I forgot you're in Hoptown. Yep. Hoptown Standard Time. Yep. (laughs) All right, man. Well, it was fun. uh, Yeah, oh, absolutely. I look look forward to doing it it again. Hopefully, they won't have me on the show too much longer. All right, man. Y'all keep rocking. Hopefully not. All right. right. See you, John. See you. Since he called in, you should. Post a uh, a link to that song he mentioned. Oh, I will. I'll I will definitely find it. Um, yeah. Just to give you another plug, Johnny. Johnny is a fantastic guitar player, and he's actually had his own bands before, so he knows all about performing. And his son is actually a drummer in his band, and I believe his daughter is also uh, musically talented as well. Um. I'd have to check, but yeah, John, he's he's a good dude. You know, he's also from uh, Hoptown, Hopkinsville. So, but that was great. So, you know, love to hear everybody's opinion, you know, especially somebody who is, is acknowledgeable. And obviously, he's a big wrestling fan too. So, so once hey, again, Johnny, thanks, man. And don't forget our buddy from last week, Randy, who called in. Yep. I believe he's at home right now, so he should call Ooh. in again. He is. I can text him and ask him. But um, at, at, keep going. Um, tag team uh, of the year. Tag team of the year. Well, you know what? I am. Um, well, I still want to call them the revival. Um, but they're no longer the revival. But I, I'm I'm a big mark for them. I'm not gonna lie. You know, uh, because, even though the New Day won another championship for no reason. Truly agree with you at FTR Dash and Dawson. Dash and Dawson. Um, North Carolina Cash boys. Cash Wheeler is what he's going by now. Um, honestly, have had the best year. I think the addition of Tully Blankshirt to their group was tremendous. And both of them can talk, but I just think the addition of Tully Blanchard really adds to to their package. Well, because Tully Blanchard was such a tag team wrestler with with Arn, and even though Tully also had you know, his own successful uh, singles accomplishments, you know, TV champion, U.S. champion, you know, he had one of the greatest matches of all time. People still talk about it. Here it is, thirty some odd years later. They talk about the I Quit match he had with Magnum TA, and then he won the tag some tag titles with Arn. Then he, they went to the uh, up to the WWF at the time, and he um, they won the tag titles up there. And Tolly also has a great mind for the business. He's second generation. His dad was longtime promoter Joe Blanchard. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Johnny. Um, Johnny just sent me the link on Facebook. Um, but, you know, learning all that stuff from his dad, you know, being the promoter, and he's a great athlete, so he knows the ins and outs of the business. So putting him with that team, 
And I think because they were already a good team, and that may have been like the missing ingredient, but I don't think I don't think he'll be with them forever. You know what I'm saying? It'll be in, until they can really get it on their own. And I'd like to see, and this is all rumor and innuendo, if he's going to form a horseman-like group with them and two other guys from AEW. That 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 could actually go somewhere. It has some potential, and it would be relatively interesting to see if they can pull that off. There are really no women's tag teams to talk about. Uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, because um, I, the Iconics, they split them up. I like the Iconics. So I'm kind of a geek like that, I guess. But I did. I I too hope they reunite. Uh, neither one has been used properly, but I guess that's a common theme with uh, WWE right now. So I guess uh, match of the year. Match of the year. Um, Brody and Cody. In the dog collar match? Yes. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the whole thing, but what little I've seen of it looked pretty good. Um, and it was also kind of establishing that, yes, this is no longer Luke Harper. He's just as talented, but he's, you know, he's actually moved up even further. And Cody, we already knew was good. Um, hey, Kyle, speaking of Randy, I do believe he is on the line now. Things hold. Area code 513. Good evening. Randy? Yes, it is. Hello, Good evening, gentlemen. Two weeks in a row. Hello. Yeah, I do that one more Hello. time, and it'll almost be a streak. <laughs> so how you oh. doing, bud? Oh, better than I deserve, I suppose. Uh, a little bit down right? with the whole COVID thing, but... Uh, I'm doing better than yeah. a lot of folks, I believe. Yeah, I, was, I was, wasn't going to mention it because, well, I'm actually a firm believer in the HIPAA laws. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe you caught it from um, from Kyle over the airwaves because he mentioned before that he had it. It, it ran through my house. Uh, I take quite a few vitamins, and I didn't have a symptom. But it laid my wife and son out for a week each. Fever, everything. And they still have uh, after effects from it. Yeah, it's it's been fairly rough. And uh, from what I've read and from what I've talked to with uh, people I've known that have had it, uh, my case seems to be milder than some of the ones I've heard about. And so I can only imagine how difficult it is for them because this is uh one of the one of the worst illnesses I've felt as far as something that hasn't hospitalized me. I had a headache for a day and they could not trace my symptoms back to 
any specific day for quarantine. They basically came out and asked me a bunch of questions, and they said, uh, did you have this, this, and this? And I answered no. And they go, did you have a headache? And I said, yeah, I had a headache on Monday. And they said, did you have anything else? And I go, yeah, I sneezed once on Monday. <laughs> you sneezed and once? I sneezed once. <laughs> and they said, well, I was sick. And from there, they quarantined me for 10 days. And I, to granted, I am now three weeks out of quarantine. There is something in my chest that I feel working out, like it affects deep breathing movements. So I'm a little worried about that. And then with my age, um, I am taking an aspirin to be cautious about blood clotting, which my personal doctor recommended. Uh, And again, this is with my personal doctor. This is not something recommended to anyone else without talking to your doctor. But it's one of the things uh, I've had more symptoms after the fact than I did during. And that's been and the other, my understanding of the course of this is that folks have these lingering effects even after they are quote unquote recovered. The thing that bothers me are all the groups that I am in contact with that want a clean COVID test that says you're negative. And that is not possible for three months after experiencing COVID. So I'm not, not going to test negative because I still have the virus in my system. But, hey, we're all medical doctors on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter because it's if it's on the Internet, it's true. So why would we listen to what the CDC and the medical professionals put out? We all know better than them anyway. Um, but on the topic of wrestling, since I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I almost feel left out because I haven't had it yet. Um, but I, I have had a sore throat the past few days. Wait. I think, I think Randy, I actually told you that mm-hmm. yesterday. I have had a sore throat, and I've been I sneezed a few times today. Um, but Randy, your picks and since we've already talked about them, uh, let's see. What we say? Wrestle of the year, male wrestle of the year, woman wrestle of the year, tag team of the year, and match of the year. Your picks so far. Oh, boy, that is difficult. Uh, I think for male wrestler of the year, and I'm, I'm looking pretty hard at, at John Moxley with Drew McIntyre being a, a close second and just having a banner year and, and a great story of redemption with them as well. But uh, but I I really like John Moxley as the male wrestler of the year. Uh, you know, ever since he's had the the bonds of WWE cut from him, he's really been able to go out and do some beautiful mic work, be one of the best promos out there, and then can put on a match that backs up his every word. Um, and, and you're not just say you're not just kind of biased towards him either. And I know this actually for a fact. I'm not even being facetious. Not just because he's a almost a hometown boy. Uh, there may be a little bias there, but frankly, yeah, I didn't. Frankly, his uh, his mic work didn't develop 
uh, to the level that it is. And so after he had uh, left this area where I'd seen him on the independent scene, uh, you know, in the years that followed before he was signed by WWE, the man just honed his mic work. It was a thing of beauty. There's several compilations of it on YouTube. And, uh, you know, that's what gets me so enamored with him is he doesn't have any air of stability about him. You never know what he's going to say. You never know what he's going to do. But you know it's always going to be entertaining. Exactly. Which is why he was my choice as well. How, um, however, as as... your solid disagreement regarding the women's wrestler of the year. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for women's wrestler of the year, I've, I'm actually leaning pretty ho- pretty hard towards Britt Baker. I know that she's not quite as polished as as some of the. Uh, folks that you guys had mentioned, but I, I really, I really like her work. And frankly, uh, despite the fact that she is a heel, I look at her as being a, a great role model for somebody like my daughter because, you know, she's a, a really smart person in real life, smart, powerful side of a woman, as opposed to just the uh, object of somebody's lust or affection. And uh, so I kind of, I like that kind of character, uh, heal or not. That is an interesting angle, Steve, that we did not discuss. But Britt Baker seems to have the the edge for Women's Wrestler of the Year after Randy's call here. See, I'm glad I chose her. Yeah, as soon as I, because I said Britt Baker before, and Kyle basically said, "Yeah, oh Kyle." As soon as I said Britt Baker before, Kyle said, "You know what? Crack kills." <laughs> it, it's it's hard to pick a a wrestler in any that'd be like saying, "Well, Barry Horowitz is my wrestler of the year." Britt Baker does not win a whole lot of matches on television right now. No, but they. They seem to be kind of playing a nice little evolution of her character and showing a, a kind of a ruthless edge to it. And uh, so I think I think the win-loss record is going to start to swing in her favor as they evolve this character. But I, I do like what we discussed before you called, Randy. If they could throw a little kid's pack with a toothbrush and toothpaste <laughs> at her opponents after she beats them, I suggested flossing. Uh, we've also mentioned water picking them. Uh, something that would add to the end of her matches. You there? Still there? Yes. Uh, everything everything went quiet all of a sudden. I guess I'm going to be inserting a commercial break there. Anyway. No, I I thought I'd lost you guys briefly, so I was I was no. silent for a moment. No. But I do think that little addition at the end of the match, uh, that little insult, that that might be effective, but I don't know how long that would be effective. 
Well, I mean, she could pull like a Brutus the Barber, and instead of cutting hairs, you know, she starts taking out teeth. Yeah, I don't know any wrestlers that are going to volunteer for getting their teeth pulled. You know, here's what they can do. If somebody's already having tooth problems anyway, or you get somebody like Cesaro because you know that his front two, two, two teeth are false anyway from his little accident that he had a few years ago, which is one of the grossest things I think I've ever seen in wrestling. Well, hold on. I remember working with you shortly before your wedding. And yes. Breaking my two front teeth off in the middle of the office. Yes, I know, because you came, you came over to my section, and I was like, can you please close your mouth? Oh, like, I, literally, like, it didn't mean, like, stop to, or, like, turn away when you're talking, because, dude, it was, <laughs> I, I, I bit into a piece of chicken, and the tooth just shattered on me. Wow. You ever something like, about, I, like that, Randy? Yeah. Not on chicken. That's usually a relatively safe thing. Yep. Now, chickens, uh, to tag team wrestling, we've been pretty unanimous on this choice so far. So what do you got for tag team of the year? You know, I, I'm like an FTR. Uh, I, I like what they've been able to accomplish when when given the freedom to just be themselves and, and to be booked against some, some excellent talent that, you know, they can mutually showcase each other. But I think they've come out looking fantastic and just revitalized. So two more categories that we wanted to kind of go over. Match of the year. And then I'll throw, throw out this one because we're going to need a moment to think about it. I won't. But worst match or angle of the year? Oh. So the dishonorable. Let's see, the dishonorable angle. I didn't even have to start, and all I have to say is retribution. That one was pretty bad, and then even when they kind of softened it down and actually made them more or less a faction, it did, really didn't get any better. Yeah, uh, that one, every time they appear on television, Mace, T-Bar, Flapjack, whatever the woman's name is, and Mustafa Ali, um, I feel like I'm being Katie Vicks. And my intelligence is... I'm actually getting dumber watching it. Mm. But there's something about them that is so... There's something about them that's so cheesy. It it almost feels like any time Cobra appears on G.I. Joe, like Retribution should just come out (laughs) screaming their own name. Or they start saying Cobra Kai. (laughs) I, I do, do kind of like that. Overall, I, I don't think anything comes close to how bad that angle has been on television all year. Oh, well, even before that, they were doing that stupid backyard warehouse crap. Like like the last half hour, hour of Raw. 
for a while. The raw like, underground. The raw yeah. underground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, first rule of raw underground, you don't talk about raw underground. I wasn't a fan of that, but I don't know if, if that's really what we're talking about when we say an angle. Because, yeah, that one, that, that was not, I mean, I knew they were trying to get some guys on TV, which I appreciate that, but, you know, it goes back to stop having your 20-minute promos at the beginning of the uh, the show. I take that one because they tried it, they saw it wasn't working, and they got rid of it. Mercifully. Unlike Retribution, unlike Retribution, where they tried it, it wasn't working to begin with, so they've reduced it to one show. It's still not working now, and they're still on television, and we've, we've talked about several wrestlers who uh, Lacey Evans being one, the Iconics who could be on television, at least be entertaining. And they're putting that on TV. I can definitely see your point there. Yeah, and, you know, the sad thing about the Iconics was they – they were supposed to be a heel team, but then they were actually getting to where they were getting over with the fans, and they were slowly becoming faces organically. And then all of a sudden, they would yank them off TV. All of a sudden, they they stopped their push. No, no, they're supposed to be faces. You know, they're supposed to be heels, not faces. Then they push them back in there. You know, their heels are heels up, and then they pull them back again. Now they just split them apart. But I think that it's uh, Peyton Royce that they're really trying to push as a single star. But and. and- the last time she was on TV. Uh, you know, it has been a few weeks, hasn't it? I can remember. Uh, Billy Kay is appearing briefly on SmackDown, but Peyton Royce has not been on TV in a while for the one they're supposed to push. And I said, keep them as a team. They were, they were great as annoying heels you know and that was their whole gimmick was to be annoying you know the iconic but, but then people started imitating i even did it you know and they're they were perfect music at it too kind of yeah you know and their theme music was actually kind of addictive that ah uh, you know i'm not gonna sing it y'all y'all just you know keep the request away y'all don't want to hear me sing i'll do the air but, guitar <laughs> overall they were entertaining it it seems like who creatively who enjoys having the the um, retribution on television. I don't know it, it, because to me it started out they were it was a tasteless angle that I think they were trying to make it seem like they were Antifa. Right. And, you know, regardless of where your politics are and that, you're bringing that into something and it looks like they were causing destruction. It's like you're actually kind of making light of something that's a very serious thing that should not be uh, really touched in a way. And that's regardless of what side, because one side's going, why are you putting them on there? Because we see the destruction causing, the other side's going. Why are you making fun of us? 
So that right. was not a, it was not a good idea. But match of the year, you you had Brody and Brody and Cody in the dog collar match. I'm going to go with FTR versus the Young Bucks at AEW Revolution, the tag match that went 35 minutes for the tag team titles. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. Randy, you got one? Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. You know, it's uh, my sentimental favorite is going to lead towards the uh, lean towards the boneyard match. Uh, I thought it was successful as a cinematic match, and it seemed like a fitting into an era. Uh, and I came away from that match feeling very satisfied. Uh, and then. The other match that comes to mind for me is not one that I think stands out to a lot of people uh, because it was a, a bit goofy, uh, but the stadium stampede match uh, thoroughly entertained me. My number two. I, I enjoyed that more than the Boneyard match. And, you know, I like it because it was innovative and it was actually taking advantage of – the tools that you have in front of you. You know, don't worry about trying to create something. Oh, well, well, you have a stadium. You literally own your stadium. Make use of it. They made use of that entire facility. And then the scene where Matt Hardy was in the pool and they just keep dunking him and he comes up a different character just absolutely (laughs) killed me. So we, We've kind of covered all our awards for the year, and this is the other topic Steve kind of wanted to discuss to begin the year. He he calls it the the wrestling apologist discussion, but why don't we start with why you're a wrestling fan? Well, you want to talk? You want me to go first? You can go first to start the discussion. I'm just okay. You know. Okay, this may this may be a little bit because, uh, yeah, Randy, you know, Kyle and I, we've actually discussed doing this kind of episode, and it may actually continue on to the next one because we only have 48 minutes left, and I know we both have a lot to say, and I know you would have a lot to say too. It's not just me being a wrestling fan. What got, got me into being a wrestling fan was at first athleticism, and then it was. I guess the promo is at the time, and I, and I, I would say I may have been kind of spoiled because what I started watching was the Mid Atlantic Wrestling, and Ric Flair was world champion, and you had Lester Rhodes in there, and then they brought in the Rock and Roll Express, and they brought in Magnum, Tully was already there, and then you had all these classic matches, like I said, which people are still talking about today, and that it was actually it, you almost felt like it was something that you could emulate, you know, even at. 11 years old, 12 years old, it was something that you could kind of, you know, picture yourself as being. You know, I could, I could be, you know, like a Magnum TA. Even though my favorite wrestler was, was the Boogie Wee Man, Jimmy Valiant, it, just because he was entertaining. But you had the definite good guys and bad guys. And it, there was so much, you know, later on that you could, you find yourself, you could actually learn from that. Now, 
where the apologist comes in. And of course, apologist is when you you find yourself defending yourself as far as something that you're involved with. The apologist comes in because I was the kid at school. I was very open about how I was a wrestling fan. I didn't see any reason uh, to hide that. Of course, there were some other ones who liked it, just not as much as me. They'd come talk to me about it, but then they wouldn't always admit it. Then you had some who were watching it on the sly, but they didn't want to admit to their friends because for whatever reason, and you I know you've listened to JR's podcast, Kyle. Uh, Randy, have you, I don't know if you listened to JR's podcast. Only on a couple of occasions. Okay. Uh, JR kind of goes off about this a little bit because he feels, and I'm inclined to agree with him, that wrestling catches a bad rap. People say, oh, they're wrestling. I don't want to deal with them. You know, oh, it, it's wrestling. Well, here's the the thing about it. You have people who love watching athletic you know, endeavors, I guess, for lack of a better word. You want to, they love watching sports. They like watching football. They like watching baseball. They like watching amateur wrestling. They like watching boxing. Okay. The same people also would say, hey, are you a movie fan? You like watching movies. You like watching TV shows. They like acting. They like the drama. So when you combine that, all of a sudden they don't like it. Because that, to me, is what professional wrestling is. They, and that's why they now Vince started calling sports entertainment. You know, he did it just for, you know, monetary reasons, for financial reasons, so he wouldn't have to pay the athletic commissions. But it's the truth. It's sports and it's entertainment because if anybody wants to ever try to say, well, it's fake, and that's always been the big thing that people say, why can you watch that? It's fake. No, it is not fake because the people doing it will tell you it's not fake. If they're saying it's not fake, then guess what? They're the experts. They'll say it's predetermined. You know, that you, that to me is a good way to put it. It's predetermined. But it's not fake. And nope. go ahead. No. Um, Randy, you're um, – fandom, is it for similar to Steve? Um, in some respects, I look at my fandom as coming in phases, uh, and, and each phase had a, a love for a different reason. Uh, and I think the initial phase for me was being able to see these larger-than-life personalities uh, be able to skillfully tell these stories that made you feel something so strongly that you didn't care that it was a work. You would still be emotionally invested, even though you, the rational mind is telling you, hey, this is all a work. And so when you get that suspension of disbelief and, and you get that buy-in, uh, you know, that's what hooked me initially. And then as I went on in my fandom and got to learn more about uh, how these folks learn to apply their craft and how much work goes into it uh, and, and just what an art form it truly is, then I got to appreciate it from, from that side as well uh, to know how much work they put in to put on these wonderful shows and how much love goes into this. And uh, so 
it, it kind of enriched what initially hooked me. So I'm somewhat similar to you guys and somewhat different. And Steve, I kind of prepared you for this. When A little bit. <laughs> but one, it's, it's our natural instinct to, as males, to enjoy or watch or sometimes be involved with conflict over who is bigger, stronger, better. And it goes all the way back to the prehistoric ages, fighting in lion's dens and systems, uh, wrestling events with the Romans. So it it's something we are attracted to as young males, because most of us start when we're, what, I started watching at five, and Steve, you were a similar age. Well, I was about 10, yeah. But the conflict, and in the 80s, that's what it was. There was a reason they, these two guys fought, or these tag teams fought. Uh, they would fight, and it'd be all sorts of different things, and yeah, it wasn't always, why would someone bounce off the ropes like that? But the the conflict where one is better than the other, and, and for whatever reason, um, that's what initially attracted. But to go a little deeper in depth, I became a wrestling fan as a child because my dad, my brother watched with me. And then as a young adult, as a teenager, I had friends who watched wrestling too or went to events. And we'd always talk about what happened on Raw at school. Or then when you get into the military, uh, where I met Steve, um, going to wrestling events, talking about what's going on with the NWO, being in a little wrestling-related group, trying out to be a wrestler and doing the weekend uh, tryout, hurting myself trying to be a wrestler twice. Um, but a- as an adult, and, and I will take this um, now to current time, during COVID, uh, it gives you a lot of free time, whether intentional or not, to analyze the things you like, the things you've invested your time in, relationships in general. Um, And I have done that a lot over the last eight months now. And I'm admitting on the podcast for the very first time, I'm 41 years old. And here in March, it'll be 10 years since I've been diagnosed with autism. So we we have discussed this. Um, You may notice on the podcast, I can retain a fact a lot better than Steve. He can. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. Our memories are different. I am gifted differently with facts and information uh, than a lot of other people. 
But one of the things I'm not gifted with is the ability to uh, communicate or make different relationships without a commonality. And there was a time where I was a wrestling fan and I had friends that were wrestling fans and those were things we talked about. Whereas now, and, and Steve, this is where I was preparing you, um, even the last 10 years, um, I, I know I have contacted you. You had some personal stuff that happened uh, when you were overseas, um, and I'm very big on purpose. And you came back to the States, Um I know I reached out to you and your wife at the time because you were going through something um, traumatic and personal, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you returned back overseas not too long after that. It seemed it didn't. You weren't here very long at all. Um, but that's the way the schedule went in that life when you're working swings and mids and all that different stuff. But you went back to England and um, had a kid. You had supervisory issues is what we'll call them. I know uh, you reached out then, and I sent a a letter. I know I contacted another mutual friend of ours. He sent some letters as well uh, to help you out with that situation. Which you won, of course. I did. And finished your time until you came back to Ohio. Well, you haven't admitted you lived there, so I'm not filming the beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you returned home, or now you, you work full-time. You're retired. You have your wife and your family, and everything's going as well as it can. Um. Now, in reference, now realize that analyzation of relationships and things where we all have common interests with, can you name any of the significant things that have happened to me in the last 10 years? Your job, which I know you don't want to talk about your job. Well, nothing's happened with my job. I've been at the same place for... 18 years now. I wonder, but I mean, well, we, we don't we don't talk about work, and I and I get why. Significant wise, um, can you name anything that's happened to me in the last 10 years? Happened to you since your diagnosis? Yeah. Uh, besides you winning the. Uh, powerlifting competition. Um, and this is where I have trouble retaining stuff, and Kyle, and you know that. Um, so just, just to throw out an example, um, four years ago, I had to have my bone marrow tested because doctors thought I had leukemia. Uh, it turned out to be something else, which is autoimmune. But uh, I got tested for for leukemia. I went through a five-month period where 
doctors are telling me all sorts of terrible things. Um, uh, Another thing, um, and this is not to put you on the spot. This is just to point out where wrestling is our common interest uh, and why it's it's appreciated. But um, you know my son, also autistic, um, graduated at 15 and a half. So graduated high school before he turned 16. Yes, I I knew he graduated early. I, I wasn't sure about what age. But I knew I, I knew it was around sixteen. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But go ahead. So, you know, you have a cousin who I've never met in person. I'm positive because I don't think he was at your wedding. No, he wasn't. Who commented on his graduation, but your household has not. I don't see how we missed it, Kyle, because I know we would have said congratulations if we would have saw it. I mean, I, so, I mean because, you have been, because you have been such a great friend to us, and you know we would never, ever miss anything like that. And so if you feel slighted in any, in any way by anything that that myself, my wife, and my kids have done, then I apologize because it was certainly not intentional. No, the, we, the art for wrestling, why I appreciate wrestling this is overall, and this is not just you. This is a lot of relationships. Um, you don't watch football anymore. Uh, we are different for political reasons and others. Um, you don't watch college or pro football. Right? Um, yeah, because well, pro I admit it because of political reasons, but then even just seeing highlights of the game, seeing no fans in the stands, it just doesn't even look the same. So even without the politics involved, it wouldn't, you know, I don't even know if I'd watch it. The college is the same way. But I, I mean, I've had like no interest in it. And with that basketball, um, I know we do tournament pools, but um, you don't really watch college basketball, pro basketball. I don't watch pro. Uh, I was watching college up until this year. Just also just, I haven't had any interest in it, which is wild for me. Cause I mean, I love some North Carolina basketball. Just like you love, well, you love all things Michigan. I know that. Um, now, uh, I came to Christ, um, and not getting into religion like that, but I got into Christ eight, eight months after I got diagnosed with autism. And that's part of my testimony. Have we ever had a religious discussion? We have actually. Now that I know we have, we have done. Um, so commonalities, um, you, you have two children. I have one, um, our children, it, it, my son is, was more into sports, coached 10, 10 seasons or 10 years of baseball, football, basketball. Um, I'm currently banned from participating in Big Little and I'll tell that story another time. Yeah, you've, you have actually told me the story. 
Uh, it is not combat tennis like I believe, but I think <laughs> however you get the point, it should count. Um, but I am banned. <laughs> so, um, and, and your your daughter was performance arts. And your son, I know he's done baseball and swimming and different things. Well, he's he's uh, he won't be doing baseball anymore. He just didn't enjoy it. And swimming, he just taking swimming lessons. Still counts. Uh, um. So overall, uh, and uh, I was not the first choice for the wrestling podcast, but uh, originally I was considered. And I would have called in and supported it still. Um, how often would we really talk as grown men? Um, and you could say grown Christian men in a different discussion if we were going to get into. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the word, but um, that that type of theological discussion, um, would we legitimately talk without the wrestling podcast or the wrestling discussion each week? I believe we would still talk because we have still been talking even before the wrestling podcast. Um, we don't have, I don't know if we'd have scheduled talks like we do every week now. And we, we text and we do talk about other things and, uh, like just like we always have, and, and wrestling as a whole, and, and to to see it, um, and going into other areas, uh, we're all different with our interests, and that's how we're supposed to reach out and communicate with people, both Christian and non-Christian, um. Wrestling one of the few things I was able to communicate with. Um, it, it created a commonality because Randy, Steve did not tell you the story uh, of us meeting, but he almost got a rock bottom the day we met. Well, we, we, I was going to no, tell you that. Yeah, neither one of us ended up going to church because uh, I was actually going to tell him there. He, uh, because, and I didn't know I had autism at that time. What I knew is I don't like being messed with. Action deserves a consequence or a reaction. And I grew up that way, and I did not want to be messed with my first day in in the in the floor and i i am very quiet um normally i am instinctively quiet and i didn't know anyone i'm just trying to figure like i didn't even know what my job was supposed to be i had just finished training and this was my first actual day on the job and mr barber took uh took my headwear uh I don't dunked it or sprayed it with water but either way he froze it in the freezer for the shift 
and then hid it from me until it was time for us to go home. And oh my goodness, Steve, you could you could honestly say I was seven shades of Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Um, I will say that uh, Kyle came over once we because it was it was actually about halfway into the shift when you realized that your hat wasn't there, and <laughs> our mutual friend Rich. <laughs> Uh, no less names, but Rich, he was in the Army, but, you know, we were joint service. He he actually did the same job Kyle did because Kyle and I actually had two different Air Force jobs, if that makes any sense. We worked together, but it was two two separate jobs. Uh, Rich did right. the Army equivalent of Kyle's job. Uh, Rich told Kyle where his hat was, and then, well, Kyle put two and two together really quickly and figured out because he and I goes – I had said something about Kyle being bald because Kyle shaved his head. He shaved his head before I met him. He, uh, did hold, you have hold, to... on. hold on. Kyle has been bald since his 13th birthday. Yeah, there you go. So and... I didn't even grow a full head of hair before I started losing it. So, but I said something, and then Kyle looked at me and said, well, at least I'm bald on purpose. I was like, okay, uh, new airman's got jokes. Seems like he's pretty cool, but he's got jokes. Okay. (laughs) And so that's when the hat freezing came about. And then when he found out, you know, back to what I was saying, when Kyle came over to the section I was working in, and stood on me and had his hands cuffed like he was getting ready to punch me, but he stood there because he actually knew that may not be a good idea to get into a fight on right there in the duty section. And there was an actually an army staff sergeant who was actually in my section who said, Hey, if you can't take a joke like this, because that was actually kind of minor. He said, you may not want to be in the military. And that's when Kyle kind of cooled down and realized it was not, it was not meant to be mean. Um, because I'm, a, well, although I, I was, kind of known for playing the jokes on people I would never ever play a joke on somebody twice or play uh, consecutive jokes on somebody without giving, giving them a chance at retribution that makes sense Randy absolutely certainly does yes equal yes. opportunity and anywhere now, yes now hold on someone messed with me in tech school and because the statute of limitations is now on, I offered to meet behind Burger King, and I gave him the real Whopper. <laughs> that, was down, that, was down, that was down in Texas? That was down in Texas. This is historical. And I am... Uh, as, as you know, I am not the person. If you want to, to joke and joke, I'll joke with you. But I am not the person to mess with with the insult first because I will fire back. Without, and again, it's the autism in me. I am mean, and I get meaner as we go along. Um, other people on the floor learned that as they tried to play jokes with me. Um, just never, and, and they also learned when I returned, 
jokes. So there are several igloo, car igloos. Um, I would actually fill a bucket full of water on snow days and purposely release the bucket around people's car so they would slip on ice while they were trying to scrape the snow off. Brutal. I would purposely pour water on top of your windshield while it was snowing so you could not uh, scrape the ice off your windshield. But let's talk about how Kyle finally got me back, and this is months later as I'm leaving. <laughs> okay, but and let me let me talk about everything that happened in between there. Kyle and I became obviously pretty good friends because here it is, even you know twenty. Let's see, two thousand twenty-one. Wow. So here it is, twenty-two years later. You know, and 20? even though we, yeah, it's been. 22 years later, you know, over 22 years later, and even though we haven't talked as much, apparently, as what we should have, and Kyle, I do apologize for that, my, my brother, you know I would never, ever do anything that would slight you on purpose. Um, oh, no, the, the commonality, um, we can honestly say, wrestling and Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> Nintendo and, 64. And, no, you were the original Nintendo and you would always choose, because you're a Raider fan, you would always choose Mr. Bo Jackson. I would. Um, but, but in between the time that Kyle and I met and the time that I left uh, Maryland, and this is in September of 1999, uh, Randy, this is just a few months after Twan and I got married. Well, Kyle and I became friends enough. He was one of my groomsmen. He actually came all the way out here to Ohio and was one of my groomsmen in my wedding. You know, that says, I mean, how good oh, wow. friends we became all of us. Yeah. Yeah, what a but, friend. Uh, in fact, you know, you know that the church out on 125 that has the cross that leans? Yes. You know, that's actually the church that we got married at. So, okay, it's also for Kyle almost lost his finger pulling out that damn red carpet. That is true, too. <laughs> so Kyle, yeah, he was coming closer, and yeah, his finger got stuck in it. And yeah, pulling, <laughs> it could give us a <laughs> Um, and and also to show you, this is what Kyle. Um, I guess how, I guess kind of highly he thought of me and my wife. When he had, you know, he had met a girl in Maryland, and not his current wife now. I will, I will throw that out there. But he met a girl in Maryland. <laughs> And one of the first people, the first people he wanted to introduce her to, was me and my wife. You know, could I? You remember that, Kyle? I don't remember her I name. Do, I, I'm not going to mention it. Yeah. So, um, I, I did. I, we came over to your house. Um, you beat me in Nintendo in front of her without without mercy. Um, I could never stop Bo Jackson no matter what I did. That was on the Super Nintendo. That was Super Tecmo Bowl 3. And, and I was the 49ers. Uh, and we also threw your wife a surprise birthday party. We did. Shortly before you left. Um, 
and I I know we picked her up a cake and we brought some of the people from the wedding who were in Maryland. Um, and I want to say that was the last time we were all able to get together before you. You know what uh, it was. It was because out of all those, uh, I think we all stay in touch on Facebook. However, well, with the exception of one, one who all of a sudden, like last year, she deleted all of us. Remember what I'm talking about, Kyle? Oh, no, she didn't come to the wedding, though. No, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, she didn't come to the wedding. She did come to um, – she did She did come to that, you know, for Tawana surprise party. And she and, uh, well, her roommate at the time, and they had a falling out, I guess not long after we left Maryland. Um, she was supposed to be my date to the wedding. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, um, overall, the the commonality, and let's just say I am different. Uh, you are neurotypical, uh, and you had more interests. Um, at no time did I ever, and I still have not. Um, I do not engage in any type of tobacco products. I don't drink. I never got into drugs, which none of us did. Um, I didn't do that with everyone. And you, uh, you did not partake in much. Uh, but you, you worked a second job. I worked a second job. We watched wrestling and we both played video games. But wrestling was and is, it was the commonality um, because, and not that you don't, but a neurotypical person does not understand what me or my wife goes through with an atypical child or a child with autism. Our experiences are different. And to, to be honest, and, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, um, how many hours of therapy or communication class do you think I've been through to communicate in the last 10 years? Not sure how many. We went every Wednesday night for five years. Yeah, me and my son. We went once a week for five years. Uh, so much so that I know I knew my doctors are are the people in that office better than I knew some of my friends because that's who I was around all the time. Um we've sat and watched shows that you've named your pets after. Um, I had to watch that show on mute so I could see when people laughed when Sheldon talked. And that's how we learned reaction and how to read people. My son hates the show to the day, to this day and doesn't like to watch it. He also doesn't like to watch wrestling because it's not believable. Um, 
with the stories they tell. Now, the matches are not... A tope is not a believable fight move. Um, so, d- different things, but the commonality and the appreciation why you're a wrestling fan, it's because it gives me something in common with other people. And now the difference why my fandom has waned, there's no one to talk about wrestling with here. It's not cool. None of my son's friends, like I said, none of my son's friends were ever into it. No one at his schools wore wrestling shirts. There's one kid I can name in my 10 years of coaching youth sports. There's one kid I can name that was a wrestling fan. But that's the thing about wrestling is that you take people who otherwise may not have even spoken to each other more than just a passing hello. And you take these people from a myriad of backgrounds and you're able to bring them together over the love of this one thing. And, uh, you know, case in point with that being that it didn't take a, a whole lot of time after Steve came or started coming to the church that I attend that uh, we figured out we were both wrestling fans and from then on that's what the discussion was every week and that, and, and honestly that's the commonality um, not guessing but you guys have both probably gone to NWF shows together Oh, absolutely. Um, Steve, I don't take you as someone that buys a lot of non-WWE pay-per-views. But uh, you... Not really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll catch them after the fact. I mean, and that's, um, you know, that's it's more of a financial thing right now. And not only that, but, I mean, there's other people, you know, here with the TVs. But, but, but I mean, I, I still like to catch them. Like I said, even if it's after the fact. If everyone is has been, and I don't, I, I got so frustrated with WWE booking last year, I, actually the year before, I canceled my network subscription. I cannot stomach even giving them nine ninety nine to watch what they're putting out on television right now. And for me, with the with the network, uh, my apologies, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But for me, with the with the network, even if the product that I'm I'm is currently there at the time isn't gratifying me very much, it is worth it to me to have the network to go back and catch some stuff that creates some nostalgia for me, uh, some things that that I treasure from the past and it's, it's nice to be able to just drum that up on demand. And so for that reason, it still feels worth it to me, even if the current product is suffering a bit. I, I kind of got my fill of the past. Um, The hard thing with the past, I used to watch wrestling in a dorm with some other 
Steve lived off base. Uh, when I was off on Sunday and there was a pay-per-view, WWE, WCW, ECW, there may have been a modified cable box that gave us access to said pay-per-views, and a group of us would watch them. Now, I remember those pay-per-views because of my memory, but I remember the people that are now gone and have passed away for different reasons. When I watch them, they don't drum up good memories. That when you have a friend who was in the military who you did X, Y, and Z with for two years and they got out, they disappeared, you find out they killed themselves, um, that doesn't make me feel like a good friend. So I, I too, had a period where I put work ahead of uh, friends, family, um, my own health. And that's not something I look back on at 41 and say I'm proud of. So so watching some of the matches like ECW Heat Wave 99 um, doesn't bring back good memories because I see all these people who were in that room with me who are now gone. I just don't react to that well. Um, And in a way, it, you you do remember them, um, but I, I remember them for bad reasons. I imagine that would be very difficult. And, and where I where I go to church, um, there's not a wrestling fan. There used to be, uh, but a lot of people have have left our church. Um, there have not been replacement people who are wrestling fans. No one at my work is a wrestling fan. They're into MMA, which I am as well. Um, some talk to me about weightlifting, very few. Um, if they talk at all, uh, which is a different issue, um, and a different discussion, but I used to comment on wrestling boards and do all that. Um, I obviously prepare for this podcast when we have these discussions. But you, you look, um, I have two wrestling friends left. Steve being one, uh, another guy I watched AEW pay-per-views with last year being the other, who I went to Starcade with while I got reported AWOL. And that's it. Like, it, everyone else, it, they just stop watching. It's not interesting. Um, the product is suffering right now. There's a lot of companies, but storytelling is to be desired. And with that, um, connections to other people who are also fans are harder and harder to come by um, than it was 23 years ago meeting Steve on the floor of building that doesn't exist 
That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, I can't name an event other uh, Brody Lee's passing being the most recent. But prior to that, I can't name a single thing on wrestling television that anyone talked about in public. And just a side note on that, I might I just add that the way AEW did their tribute to Brody Lee this past week was just perfection. Uh, uh, an unbelievable tribute, something um, I recorded myself. I didn't think I'd stay up and watch it, but I ended up watching every minute of it. And even uh, if you've watched BTE this week, they did uh, some more backstage tributes that were that were tremendous. I did get to see one backstage video where uh, Brody's uh, son was just caning absolutely everybody, including the person holding the camera. And I thought that was uh, kind of a cute, touching thing. Well, one of the things, and the AEW show wouldn't have shown this, but while the show was going on, there was quite a bit of the WWE talent who were actually tweeting, live tweeting, that they were watching the show. It was a great tribute. They were also doing their own tributes, and they weren't saying Luke Harper. They were saying Brody Lee, and a lot of times they were saying Brody Lee and John, you know, rest in peace, John Huber, of course, his his legal name. And even on WWE television, just on SmackDown, they were wearing the armbands, R.I.P. Yeah. Brody. Not Luke, Brody. So that, to me, also says something as well, that they, for once, um, this man was allowing them to acknowledge there's other companies out there. Because this is something that trans, transcended any kind of rivalry you know, between these comp- – I mean, and they are competing companies, but they're all within the same business, and Vince also needs to realize that if you're driving one business down, you're driving the whole industry down it's when there's so few companies of their size. But anyway. And, and overall, AEW, probably a better product for now. But same issue, they're selling in matches um, to be desired sometimes. Um something I remember as a kid when I used to argue if wrestling was fake or real. Um, A man can't get punched in the head ten times and still stand. Finishing moves, there should be six finishing moves in a match. That's kind of overkill. I'll give you that one. I, I do think that uh, it, it has become a bit too common to bury somebody's finishing move. Because I've, I've always said it doesn't make the, the wrestler kicking out look strong. It makes the other wrestler look weak. 
and yeah. I believe there's a place and a time for it, and and I don't think they, I don't think they remember where that is. And, and it, it'll be interesting to see where the Dark Order goes from here. Um, I think Jake Jake Roberts leading the Dark Order with uh, Archer. Um, could be tremendous. Jake, Jake Roberts has the uh, that dark personality that would kind of fit with that group. I see him as a cult leader for some reason. I think he's capable of having that sinister quality that that role would require. No, um, I agree. But overall, wrestling, the state of wrestling, always uh, for the people. It's um, something you can talk about with your friends. Uh, if you do pay-per-view events, you bring other people to your house. It's it's a uh, it's a way to get people together, like it's done us and. Randy, I don't know if you heard, but we, Kyle and I, we got our 90-second queue about 20 seconds ago, so we'll need to go ahead and start wrapping this up. But thank you once again for calling in, brother. I, I, I know Kyle and I both appreciate it. Wouldn't you agree, Kyle? Yeah. It was um, absolutely my privilege. All righty. And I won't be there on Sunday again because I'm taking my daughter up to college, but um, – Definitely the Sunday after that should be there. All right. All right. All right, dude. We will see you. Have a good evening, uh, gentlemen. All right. See you, Randy. What are we covering next week? You know, I'm not even sure. Um, Are we doing Royal Rumble moments or top 10 Royal Rumble moments? Sounds good. And. You definitely made it interesting this week, Kyle. I was not aware that I had – I wasn't aware that I may have not been as great a friend as what I should have been. But COVID lesson, but yeah. wrestling Snyder um, and the lessons, they're just going to be learned, and I think that's going to be it for this week. All righty. All right, brother. Well, I will talk to you throughout the week and definitely talk to you on Monday. All right. We'll see you. All right, man.